you feel like it's a push of God is for you to be an entrepreneur. That's not saying that I don't know how to negotiate. What kind of, how can God have you as an entrepreneur? You don't know how to negotiate. Stop saying it. You know, they came to Jeremiah. God said to Jeremiah, He said, Before I formed in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Alas, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak because I am a youth. And the Lord said to me, Do not say I am a youth. Everybody say after me, Do not say I am a youth. Now, what I want us to say is, Do not say. Ah, say it properly now. Please turn to your neighbor. Say it again. Turn to somebody else. Warn the person. Good. Say, what, what, what shouldn't I say? I'll tell you. Stop reciting every excuse that explains why you can't do what God says you should do. Just don't say it. You know, you know the one thing about God? He gives certain simple instructions. Like, don't say it. Don't say, I can't. Don't say, I don't know anybody. Don't say, I haven't learned it. Don't say it. Just... Don't say anything. If you must say anything, one word. What is that word? No, no. One word. I say a word, a single word. What is that word? Amen. Thank you. Before I formed in the womb, I knew you. Amen. And you wonder what he's talking about. And before you were born, I consecrated you. Amen. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Amen. Everywhere I send you, you shall go. Amen. And you're wondering, how am I going to get there? Everything I send you, say, say to you, say, I send you to say, everything I command you, you shall speak. Amen. And you're wondering, speak to who? But that mouth, <laughs> seal it. Do not say, I will not sell. Do not say they won't listen to me. Do not say it doesn't work. Do not say economy is rough. Do not say hmm, dollar is expensive. Just don't say anything. When it comes to things that are negative, just be looking. You won't say anything? No. Do you have anything to say? I have a lot of things I'm thinking, but none to say. Yo, you need to say something. Well, we shall come out on top. Amen. Everything will work out well. Amen. Those are the very, that's, that's how Christianity is. There are some simple, simple laws that we keep. One of them is, if it looks rough, don't say it. Stop making explanation. No, we can't do that. If we do this, no, it will not work. Just keep quiet. Why am I saying all of these things? Everything God has called you to do, every position in life he has placed you in. Let's forget this call for a moment. Yeah, because some people say, how do I know I'm called? You know, it's an important question. How do you know you are called to be a wife? You married somebody. How, you, how do you know you are called to be a husband? They have agreed to marry you. you have, that is a calling. Amen? What is a calling? I'll tell you. Your father decided that you should go to school. He didn't ask your opinion. He paid for jam form. 
You filled jam form and you've gotten admission. That's a calling. Do you get my point? You got a job, it's a calling. Let's get that one clear. Because some people with laziness, they say, this is not my calling. Most people tell you, this is not my calling. They are pure lazy. I didn't say all. I said what? Most. This is how you know something is not your calling. Do it well first. Do it very well. Then get tired of it. Then I know it's not your calling. But when they say, please sweep this God, I say, just feel small. Why can't you finish sweeping? It's not my calling, you know. <laughs> that is laziness. Finish sweeping the gutter. Brush it well. You understand my point? When you finish, I say, are you sweeping the next one? No, I just want you to finish this one. I don't need it in my calling. What's my calling? I should be cutting grass. That's better. If it's not your calling, this is how you know it's not your calling. Do it properly first. When you have done it properly, and you still don't want to continue doing it, then I'm beginning to suspect it's not your calling. I don't want to see, you know, I've seen too many lazy people telling me it's not my calling. A man came to me, bros, find me some money now. Ah, came first time, helped me with some cash. And that time, so one man asked, please, you, you are, you are you're always broke. Let's help you get a job where you can do, the, you have this skill. He came to me, said, this man said he can help me get this kind of job. He said, but you know what, God has not spoken to me to do that yet. I wanted to ask him, say, hey, come. When did God speak to you to come and beg me for money? Because this is like the fourth, fifth time you've been begging me for money. When did he speak to you? The same disobedience to teach you are asking for money, use that same disobedience to go and walk. If God has not killed you all these days for begging, I can assure you of one thing. He won't kill you for walking. This was a man who had skill. Let me give you an example. I'm just assuming that he's a very skilled carpenter, you know, something like he could make this before he said he was called to ministry. So a man said, look, I'll help you get wood from my friend who supplies on credit. I'll get you jobs. Guys who wants to make simple furniture. Make for them. You make some money. He said, that's not my... He said, God has not spoken to me to do that one yet. I never saw anywhere in the Bible where God spoke to Paul. Go and make tents. Just made up his mind. He was a preacher. He said, during the day, most people have gone out. We, we, we meet in the evenings to, to preach. Eh? I'm here. Do you want me to be receiving an offering for those who don't understand why it is? Let me just, just join a nice and... Um, Priscilla and Aquila. So come, guys, give me, give, me, give me some work there. They pass some work down to him. The man went and make the making tent. The evening, they go back to church and go and teach. So let's get that calling thing straight up. Calling is anything that you have been called to do. Your father can call you. Once you have been called to do it, take it as calling. Excel in it before you decide that it's not the will of God. Please, I hope you get my point. Because that calling thing, people seem to forget what it is. You, 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 you one day between you and your husband and prayer, you know, arrange, born four children. You give birth to four children. Do I need to tell you you've been called to be a mother to them? You are doing crusades all over, all, all over the country and, and abroad. There's a calling. God, you know, there are things God doesn't talk to people about. Before I say God didn't talk to me, check whether it's natural. What I mean is this. This morning when I woke up, the Lord forgot to tell me to brush. Have you noticed that? He didn't tell me. He didn't tell me eat breakfast. The Lord forgot to tell me to have my bath. He forgot to tell me to dress up. But I did all of them. I didn't wait for him to speak. I didn't wait for him to speak. When my stomach spoke, I obeyed. 
One day my colleague said that, these days, I don't know, my stomach pains me. I said, eh, it does. I said, when? He said, when I have not eaten. I said, my friend, it's called hunger. Doctor, you can't diagnose hunger. <laughs> he said, chief, I said, look, it is called hunger. Must you give everything a big name? I said, these doctors are very funny. This guy is a consultant, though. After all you are learning, you, can't, you don't even know hunger again. You want me to diagnose pyloric gastritis. That's what you want. Big name. I said, my guy, go and eat. If you tell me that after I eat, my stomach still pains me, then I ask you, what are you eating? I will settle that when I start checking. This is how people start taking medicine anyhow. Some people say, I'm always having a headache. You go and see doctor. You wake up at 4 a.m., go back to bed at 12 midnight. It's only a headache you're having. You will soon have eye ache, nose ache, mouth ache, neck ache, and die ache. You know they call die ache? Dead body, give my that's what I mean, die. The Lord is good. Oh God, what? You say, I have a message for today. You are not letting me bring the message. I'll finish what I'm saying. Don't worry, I'll finish what I'm saying. The Lord is good. So the Lord didn't speak to me to do all of these things. Once my stomach spoke, I went and ate. When I needed to go out, went to my wardrobe, I chose what I'm wearing, and wore it, looked in the mirror, I looked presentable, and I left the house. The Lord didn't say, Banky, today is a day of black. Thou shalt wear black to, to fit thy, thine complexion. <laughs> there was not one word from above. Before you say to me, God didn't say to you, ask yourself, is it natural? Is it expected? God has not told me to go and apologize. Proud, that's how proud people talk. God has not told me to give, stingy man. That's how you know them. If God has to open his mouth to talk to you to give, you get a problem. Please, I hope what I'm saying is clear. So you know, I need to emphasize that when you talk about this calling thing, because people say, yeah, it's not my calling. Listen, check. If the thing we are talking about is natural, a young boy leaves school, he's eating his father's pension money, you know, I've been telling you, different causes of laryngitis and sore throat. It can be an infection. It can be anything. But one common cause for young Christian men is eating their father's pension money. If your mother's pension money is what you are eating, your throat will pain you. And you can't rebuke it. It won't go away unless you go and walk and buy your own food and give to your mother too. Then all your neck problems will go away. If you finish eating every time your stomach is paining you and you're not working, I've told you the reason why. Your father is earning pension. He's used to buy food you are eating. The angels are watching you. First week is eating. Second week is eating. Third week you go... <laughs> it's an angel. So boy, stop eating this food. What should I do? Go outside and do anything. That's not my calling. Sitting down at home is definitely not your calling. I hope I'm clear. I just felt like talking about that calling thing. Because I'm, too, I'm tired of Christians who are always waiting for the Holy Spirit to talk to them. Go and check who Jesus called, who was not busy. Even Thomas was cheating people when God called him. I mean, Paul, Paul didn't, God didn't call Saul when he was sitting at home getting angry with the Christians. 
All the Pharisees that were angry with the Christians, like somebody said Gamaliel. Remember Gamaliel? Paul's teacher. David Paul said, God forgot the man. Why? Because the man looked and said, let's leave them. Let's be watching them. God didn't call that man. Paul that got up, saw. Oh, sorry, what's his name? Saul. Saul. <laughs> Saul got up and started persecuting the people because they called that guy. I like him. He's busy doing something. God looked at Peter. Follow me, I'll make you... F- what, what, what did he say you make him? What? What? Why didn't you call him manners of men? Because if you are a fisher, you are a fisher. If you are catching men, you should be what? A manner. He called him according to what he found him doing. That if he was doing carpentry, he would say, I will make you carpenters of men. Many people sit at home doing nothing and say, God, is called. God hasn't called you. Don't fool me, my friend. One man came one day and said, I'm not happy. Told me all the last, his life story. How he was in trouble here. God delivered him. Finally, he's jobless. They now, one church was helping him. They now put him in a place where he'll be learning work. He said, I'm not happy. Later, I found out he's not happy. Lazy man can never be happy with hard work. He was talking as if that's not my passion in life. A lazy man can never be happy with hard work. For the first time in his life, they said, go and walk. He told me, I'm not happy. <laughs> I know me, so I thought the guy had a spiritual reason for not being happy. <laughs> My spirit said, I shouldn't go today. <laughs> Listen, if your spirit doesn't talk, let your head talk to you. They employed you at work. You need your spirit to wake you up to go to work. You know, people are funny. When I woke up this morning, my spirit didn't feel like going. Yes. You're a lazy man. Your spirit will never feel like doing anything. Oh, God. You know? <laughs> oh, God. You know we're opening to the second portion of that portion of the Bible. Exodus chapter 20. That's what we said there. Eh? They won't know that we have said it. But you know, we, keep, you know, we have to minister to people. I went to all of this and explained something. If God has called you to do something, He has sent His Spirit with you. Somebody say Amen. Amen. It is your duty, your responsibility to activate that Spirit. If it doesn't feel like it's there, activate it. Like I used to say to my fellow students when I was a student on campus, I said, there's nothing like this subject is too hard. Once an undergraduate course, we can study it, we can learn it. We'll activate the Spirit that's already inside us, the ability when he said, I can do all things. Yes, it's literally all things. Everything we need to do, we can do. Somebody say amen. amen. You can do even things that people don't think you can do. I always like to give the story of... Um, Econet, Econet. What's Econet's name again? Strive. Strive, Masiwa. I can raise $1.5 billion to do my business. And he did. I can do all things. I can do. God has placed a spirit so that you can do it. Somebody say amen. amen. That, that's a matter of fact. Anything that God has sent you to do, he has sent you the ability also. He just said do what? Activate it. As a man, you can love your wife. As a woman, 
you can stop. It's not about whether it's sensible or not. It's a scripture. God doesn't give us commandments. He gives us empowerment as believers. When he says, take courage, it is I. It wasn't a word of advice. It was the release of the ability not to be afraid. It was ability released so that when you see fear, fear will not be able to scare you. What he needed to do was say, Amen. I hope you are getting my point. Listen, let's, let's leave it there. It's not every day we have to close so late. But let's just read that scripture for the sake of reading it. So that next time we notice what we wear before we needed to help some people. Uh, in case you think your wife reported you. Sorry, I didn't even know you quiet at home. And if it's the other way around, I really don't know. I just came to preach and this thing remained in my mouth. Remember, we have the power to bless our families. We said that at the beginning. Alright, let's just read this one. Let's just about 20. I wanted to read this just to continue where we ended last time. Okay, the, the first three commandments I went through it last time. The third one is the one that I was talking about, which was our business for prayer next, last time. The Lord willing, we'll finish with that when we come back next time. He said, I am the Lord your God who brought you, verse 2. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. First commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. Second commandment says, you shall not make for yourself an idol, any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath, all of that. The third commandment is now in verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God for a vain thing, using the Young's literal translation. For the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name for a vain thing. Last time I explained that there are three commandments here which are thoroughly joined together. And you see as soon as he was done with that, he went into another set of commandments, like talking about the Sabbath. But these three, it talked about the relationship with the person of your God and the making of idols. First commandment, there must be no other God. For example, Muslims worship Allah and they don't have an image of him. Are you getting my point? God said, don't follow them. Alright? That was what he said. There are other, God, there are other um, religions that have gods that you don't have images of. He said, don't follow them. There must be no other God but me. Secondly, he said, this is your God that you are worshipping. The Lord your God, Yahweh or Jehovah, depending on how you want to write that um, name out in full. You must never make an image of him, an image of his angels, an image of any of those things that he's blessed you with. Don't make an image so that you, start, you won't worship those images. First commandment, no other God by any other name. Second commandment, this true God, don't make an image of him or any of his agents. And the third commandment is that you will get into the promised land. You will find the people have built beautiful temples. They already have images there that are so beautiful that you want to worship them. Do not sanctify their gods. What do I mean? Don't take the name of, thy, of the Lord thy God and place it on a vain idol. I said to her last time, Christians are very good with doing that. We took the name of our God and placed them on vain festivals. That's how we came up with Easter. That's how we came up with Christmas. That's a matter of fact, okay? And that was breaking the spirit of the commandment. And I, was, I went ahead to explain what we need to do is to ensure 
that in, the, in every circumstance of our life, in every situation, we place the name of God where it belongs. You must understand when we say God is not just uh, the person we worship. That's the part of it many of us understand. But the source of life, the provider, the healer, that's what God is. Alright? So he says that in your life, don't place the name of God on a doctor. Don't place the name of God on your office, your job. Don't place the name of God and place it on your connection. Don't place the name of God on the landed property your father bought, and all right, and you know you are going to inherit. Don't place the name of God in, on any of these things. How do you respond if your name is Peter? In the midst of calamity, in the midst of a storm. Don't look at the storm and say you have the power to kill and to make alive. Don't do that. Even when you're on the storm, in the midst of the storm, you're on the sea, you're in the midst of the waves, remember that only God kills and makes alive. And that was why the Lord Jesus was not afraid of the storm. And that's why the storm was always afraid of him. Pilate came to the Lord Jesus. He said, do you know I have the power to condemn you or to keep you alive? <laughs> Jesus looked at him and said, oh boy, you've gotten this thing wrong. All right? That power belongs to God. In effect, that power belongs to God. He had just placed you in this place for this season, for a particular reason. Now, I'm adding many words together. I lay down my life of myself according to the commandment of the God who has all the power. Pilate was afraid. Pilate said, let's release this man. Let him go. Pilate said, look, listen. I don't, have any, I don't want to have anything to do with it. That to let him know that Jesus died according to the commandment of the Father. Not because Pilate had power. Listen, in the midst of adversity, that's what we need to do. Place the name of God where it belongs, on himself. And that's why he said, I am God and there is none else. Why does he say that? Because people often forget that he is God. So when we are praying, it's a pity we can't get into that now. I wanted to, that's what we wanted to continue from today, but I believe the Holy Spirit wanted us to just instruct people in that area that we went. So that's what we began to do last time. We take different things and call God by his name. If I am sick, I talk to my body about who God is. Are you getting my point? I have talked to God about my sickness he has heard. Now, let's reverse the rules. Let's start talking to the body about who is God. Where is the, who is the healer? Who do we serve? We'll talk to it. I lose a job. You could cry all night because you thought that that job is a source of life. But if the moment, in fact, not, you know, that, that's one thing about total faith. People sometimes want to have faith when there's trouble. You cannot have faith when there's trouble if you did not have faith when there was peace. Did you hear what I said? You can't have faith in the time of trouble if you did not have faith when there was peace. What you're supposed to do in the time of trouble, sorry, in the time of peace, is to exercise your faith. When the job was there intact, eh? you were rejoicing in the job and feeling like you're better than other people. And you're driving to work, you're straining your hair like this, feeling like it's a seed that I sowed last year. <laughs> you know, that's one thing that kills Christians. They take the name of the Lord their God and put it on the offering basket. <laughs> I planted my seed. As I was given the money, I said to God this year. So as he's going to work, he said, my seed brought me this job. Be careful. 
There are things that we make God just be, he's been patient for a long time. But he has not deputized some of us to go and want Christians repent and be baptized. So do you know how I'm enjoying like this? Last year I began to plant my seed. And I planted it heavy. This is the result. He has taken the name of the Lord and placed on his seed. When the man was getting, when he enjoying the job, he was eating the money all alone. <laughs> That's another part of it. Flying all over the world. Wearing the most expensive things possible. Chopping all, once he just goes to church, a Christian, so he just give God 10%. Say, God, now, that's a deal. You take care of the devourer so I can enjoy my 90. You know, God is a mafia boss. You pay him his protection money. And you can go wild with your 90%. That thing is so unchristian. I don't know how, how that doctrine lasted till today. I don't know where we manufactured it from. I've read a bit of church history. I don't know where it began. When the man had the job, that's what he did. Chopped all his money by himself. Then suddenly... You know, you can't have faith. The day they fire you, you will cry. You, you know, you will cry. If you did not practice faith when you had the job, the day they lose it, faith will show from nowhere. Listen, when you have peace, you must exercise faith. The man who has that job, what should he do? Quickly, First Timothy chapter 6. Paul said in verse 17, Instruct those who are rich in this present world, not to be conceited. That's what I was talking about. Or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches. Let them fix their hope on God. Let them not put the name of God on their riches. Let them put their hope on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Remember I said, instruct those who are rich not to do this. Anytime God says, don't do this, you know what he also does? It tells you, do this one. Flee youthful loss. That's negative. Pursue righteousness. That's how it is. That's what God, Paul told Timothy. You know what God tells you? The way by which you run away from this is by doing that. That's how the commandments of God are. So in the same manner, Paul wrote it here. Don't be conceited or put your hope on the uncertainty of riches. Put it on God. How do you put it on God? In Acts 9 verse 18. This is a manifestation. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. Let me just stop here. When times are good, that is what a man, a woman is supposed to do as a sign that his faith is not in money, but faith is in God. We'll talk about that under total faith for finances. What I'm bringing out here is this. So when a man loses the job, it's not to look at the job and say, my own has ended. The job was never the supplier. He just rejoices. The Lord gave. The Lord has taken this one away. This is how we obey the spirit of a third commandment. That's what I was teaching last time. So what do we do? How, how will Peter survive that storm? Is to take his eyes away from the storm and let the storm know that you, are not, you, are, you can't kill me. You are not the source of my life, and you are not the taker. You can't take it. That's the thing. So, you, and how do you do that? You continually. Maybe I don't know. I, I plan to get there on Saturday. I don't know whether I'll be able to read it. Let's see what the Holy Spirit will allow us to do. But there's a way we talk all the time. 
And what I'm emphasizing is how do we, how do we call God? What name, what do we place, how do I say it? That, that vain thing, how do we avoid placing the name of God on there? I was telling my wife something the other day. You know, many Christians, this is how they pray. Lord, I love, I bless Nigeria, but I love America. That's how many Christians pray. Lord, bless Nigeria, but I love America. Deep inside their hearts, the name of the Lord is American. That is, is God of Yankee. <laughs> you get to my point? Yes. Listen, these are the things you do as believers. You exercise yourselves in those things. You deliberately, because some of these they are locked deep inside. You pull them out from wherever they are and place it down. Say, God, this I must go abroad before I prosper. Hide inside my heart. Remove it. I must go get to Lagos before doors open. Lord, remove it. I remove my eyes from those things. I place the name of my God where it belongs, on him alone. So in the midst of storm, I wake up every day, I'm declaring, the Lord is my supplier. 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 My Lord is my supplier. My job is not my supplier. There's an epidemic, I'm declaring, the Lord is my healer. The Lord is my shield. It's my protector. It's my high tower. That is how we Christians respond. Remember I said pray without ceasing. Men ought always to pray and not to get tired. That is, it's a habit to form 24 hours of the day. You wake up at night. Matters come to your mind. You declare it again. Was it here I shared something with you? Was it my wife and I sharing it yesterday morning? When I was talking about putting pressure on the word. Huh? Okay, was it? okay, yeah, but it was yesterday we were talking about her own. I was talking to one sister when she told me that <laughs> she, was, she read for Keneko Plan. Keneko Plan, we're talking about buying things and all that. Keneko Plan said you don't have to buy, you believe God for. So that when you, that anytime there's an issue, he puts pressure on the word. That thing struck me. And since that time, it's been my habit. If I feel like I would need money, I start, there's a scripture, Isaiah 6 verse 12. Not that my scripture. That's my pressure point. I lean on it. Father God, you say you will send prosperity to me like a river and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. I receive supplies from it in the name of Jesus. Prosperity flows towards me, flows towards me like a river and the wealth of the nations flows towards me like an overflowing stream. I receive it in the name of Jesus. Let me say something to you. Do that even in the time of peace. Very important. We'll talk about faith for finances. Total faith for finances. The mistake we make a lot of times as Christians is that in the time of peace, we don't have faith. They want to now collect it in the time of trouble. People are seriously sick. They don't want to be believing God. When they were healthy, they said that I must not... You know, listen. My health, my health depends on whether I eat sugar or I don't, or how many rounds around the Quran Square I do. When they are healthy. When they're supposed to study in the morning, declare the word of God. They've left the whole family to go and jog. The wife said, let's watch Pastor Banker at 7 a.m. on Saturday morning. I have jogging club around the Quran Square. Then finally, he goes one day, he feels a lump in his stomach. Doctors said they will check tomorrow whether it is cancer. 
Start declaring the name of Jesus I'm healed. How can you be healed in the name of Jesus? You'll be, heal, you'll be keeping healthy by jogging. I might say jogging is bad. No. Believe me, I believe in physical exercise. My favorite sport is not just running up and down thing. It's carrying iron. I love metal. I love it. So I have nothing against it. My own didn't start the day. My own started on the days of Oliver Orock and Iron Barbas. Los Angeles, Olympics. We used to go behind the house, put pipe inside block and be carrying. When my mother is drunk, coming, we drop it and disappear. <laughs> because my mother didn't want us to be, didn't want us to enjoy ourselves. And didn't want us to become too thick. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, it's, it's good. I have nothing against it, all right? It's good. However, <laughs> it's not the source of health. It is not the source of health. I remind myself all the time. I used to get up early in the morning to disappear from the house. Then one day I said, this is the best time to study and meditate. That's the only reason I stopped. Not because of laziness. It is not when there is trouble. Suddenly faith will show up from nowhere. No. You must have your faith even when there is peace. Let's rise to our feet. Let's go home. You must have your faith even when there's what? Even in the time of peace. Let's quickly declare the word of God again. I believe somebody was helped today. If you are blessed, give me an amen. amen. This next time we'll come, we'll just go straight. That was what I actually hope to do today, but you know, we just have to keep obeying the Spirit. Alright? Alright, let's declare it again. We did it at the beginning when we started praying. Let's just do it one more time. At the start of prayers, we declare the righteousness of God as follows. One, two, go. Uh, enter into the presence of the Father. As a renewed child of God, I have been made righteous by the power of the blood of Jesus, and I give him the praise for it. I haven't come in the power of the good works I have done. I have come only because of the grace and mercy which I have through Christ Jesus. I thank the Lord for loving me. I thank the Lord for washing me clean. I thank the Lord for making me worthy to stand before him. I have come in the company of my brethren who are also washed, who are also clean. We are a company of children of God who are declared righteous by faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Let's begin to call God by his name again as we depart from here. Let's declare that he is the protector. I feel like you're saying that. Nigerian police is not the protector. The security fence around your house is not the protector. The CCTV is not the protector. Your watchfulness is not the protector. You can't even watch your children when you are not there. All right? So begin to declare, say, Lord, I acknowledge you today as a defense, as a guard, as a watchman around my household, around me. I lift up your name and I declare that in the name of Jesus, you are the one that watch over us. Our help comes from you, the Lord who does not sleep, who does not slumber. We call you the name. You are God the keeper. You are our shield. You are our buckler. You are our shield. You are our defense. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so you have surrounded us. Declare it. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, the Bible says, so the Lord surrounds his people. Say, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Say, Lord, you are my deliverer. You are the deliverer of my household. You are my deliverer. You are the deliverer of my household. Just call him that name. When we talk about the name of God, please listen to our series, The Seven Names of God. That is not just a name that, okay, Jehovah Jireh. That's one name. His names are innumerable. Call him an English name. Don't call him a Hebrew name. 
Call him an English name. What is his name? Father of my Lord Jesus, my Redeemer, the forgiver of my sins, the one that washed me clean. I say you that I believe in the Father of my Jesus, you are my protector. You are my defense. Call him that name. You are the one that protects me round about. A thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand. Because of you, it will not come near me. Because of you, Lassa fever cannot come near me. You are God the healer. You are God the healer. You are the one that's healing me, that has healed me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. You are the one that has healed my children. You are the one that has healed my household. You healed my husband. You healed me. You healed my wife. You are the one that perfects everything that concerns me. It is not the blood pressure kit in the house. It is not the medicine that people give. The doctor is not God. God is the doctor. The doctor is not God, but my father, he is the doctor. He is the, the Lord that he led thee. That's what he said. You are the one that healed me. You sent your son to the cross, and on the cross, he took away my sicknesses. On the cross, he took away my pains. By the stripes of Jesus Christ, I have been healed. Declare it. By the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. Whether I feel sick right now or not, it does not matter. By the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. I want to put emphasis on those who are feeling well. You need to declare it. You must have faith in the time of peace. If you are going to have faith in the time of trouble. You must have faith in the time of peace. If you are going to have faith in the time of trouble. Say, Lord, I thank you because you have healed me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Lord, I thank you because you have healed me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet by the power of the blood of Jesus. My health is not in my genes. It is in the blood of Jesus. It's in the sacrifice of Jesus. My health is not in my diet. It's in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. When he rose up from the dead, that same spirit that raised him up from the dead is in me right now. That same spirit is giving life to my mortal bodies. My health is not in my diet. It's not in the fact that my father lived long or my mother lived long. It's not my heredity. It is not my natural ancestry. That is not what matters. It is that Jesus died and he nailed my sickness to the cross. Jesus died. He nailed my pain to the cross. Jesus died. He nailed premature death to the cross. Jesus died. He nailed the susceptibility to every disease to the cross. Jesus died. Therefore, I call him the healer. Father, I call you the healer. Call him that name. Call him. You need to call him a name. Now, Father of my Lord Jesus, you are the healer. Jesus, you are the one that took away my pains. You took away my sicknesses. You took away my lack. You took away my troubles. You took away my poverty. Thank you for your grace. This is the grace of the Lord Jesus. He was rich, but for my sake, he became poor. So that I, through his poverty, might be made rich. I declare that I am rich because of him. I am not rich because of my certificate or my connections. I am rich because of him. Say, therefore, I call you the one that made me rich. I call you the one that made me rich. You are the one that solved all my troubles. Yes, God, I lift you up. I look at you as the source of my supply, the source of my life. You are the one that makes prosperity flow toward me like a river and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. You are the great provider, the Lord, my shepherd, the father who watches over me. The Father who supplies my need more than He supplies the needs of the birds. The Father who supplies my clothing more than He dresses up the flower of the field. 
He watch, you are watching over me. I call you by that name. I call you by that name. You are the one that's opening my doors, not human beings. You are the one that sends help to me. Send us help from above, David said, for vain is the help of man. You are the one that sends me help, and I do not depend on the help of man. I depend on you alone. I depend on you alone. I call you by your proper name. I refuse to place your name on a vain thing. I refuse to place your name on a vain thing. The doctor is a vain thing. My office is a vain thing. My business is a vain thing. People I know, they are vain things. I place the name of the Lord on him alone, and I do not place it on a vain thing. I exalt you in my life. I look at... <laughs> I want you, as you are praying, be, you know, be, you know, visualizing something in your mind. Look at your office, look at your business, and say to them, you are not God. It's very simple. Just look at those people that you have been looking forward to, uh, looking up to. Say, you, you are not God. Your father is a multi-millionaire in your heart right now. Look up at him and say, Lord, I thank you for my father. But daddy, you are not God. Look at every investment he has made because he loves you as your, his child and is living things for you. Thank God for him. Thank God for the things he has done. In your heart right now, look at him and say, Daddy, thank God for your life, but you are not God. Land that you are living for me is not God. God will make me abound in everything that I do. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> look at your office. Look at your business. God has given you a million from there. Five million. Money. You built a house. But say, listen, you are not God. You are not God. You are just the instrument of God. I declare that my salary is not God. I declare that my employer is not God. I declare that my business is not God. God alone is God, and I lift him up. I lift up his name. I say he is God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. If you are blessed, give me an amen. amen. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Just like prophesying to you, God will give you pastors after his heart. Amen. And they will feed you with knowledge and with understanding. Amen. The quest of their hearts will be to fill your heart with the wisdom of God. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God will give you pastors after his heart. Amen. That will feed you with knowledge and with understanding. Amen. This country, Nigeria, the church of God in Nigeria, I prophesy to you. Yes. God will fill you with laborers because the harvest is ripe. Amen. And he will give you pastors after his heart. Amen. They will feed you with knowledge and with understanding. Amen. He will raise them up from the east, Amen. from the west, Amen. from the north, Amen. from the south, Amen. from every corner, from the center, God will raise them up. Amen. And they will feed the people of God with knowledge and with understanding. Amen. Like Apostle led us in prayer at the beginning, he said, if it is fear, that is hindering them. We say to them, receive courage. Take courage. Take courage. Take courage. In the name of Jesus. Let's share the grace in fellowship. Want to let us go? Because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil. Because we are seated high above with Christ, 
This is our season of fruitfulness and multiplication in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. One more time. This is my season of fruitfulness and multiplication in the name of Jesus.